0: Chapter 14 of From Sunrise Land, Letters from Japan by Amy Carmichael. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Chapter 14. To Osaka and Back. He fixed thee mid this dance of plastic circumstance. Robert Browning. Osaka, March 4th our party has come here for the cms conference and necessarily also for the renewal of our six months passports the present passport system entails a great deal of travelling to and fro and apparent waste of time but it must be among the all things and so all right it is so nice to know there is no second cause we are scattered among the hospitable osaka missionaries i am with miss howard which is very pleasant as she is not quite a stranger the conference opened with a prayer meeting at archdeacon warren's house next morning we met for a beautiful solemn communion service in the college chapel then diverse meetings followed and reports were read some interesting some not there is much i should like to tell you of the ingathering among the aino race and at fukuoka fruit of long and patient sowing of the work among the lepers those poor not-human ones as they call them here and of bright itinerating work in the snowy hokkaido in the interior and roundabout osaka but of all this those interested will read in the cms report one little tale however i must pass on during the typhoon which brought the flood last autumn miss Ritson was out in a small native steamer exposed to the fury of wind and wave all hope was given up but she prayed earnestly that for the sake of the poor trembling heathen passengers they might be saved and even as she prayed the boat ran into a creek and the word was passed down safe then she told them what she had been doing and they were much impressed they too could have prayed they said but their sea god was on shore and so inconveniently out of reach it was an opening and she entered in telling them what she could in the time and teaching them at their request a simple prayer would it not be a beautiful thing if one of these should be brought to him a storm-won jewel for his joy and hers for ever and now the conference is over and we hope to start for Matsya soon among the many impressions left upon my mind is admiration for the courtesy and charity of the older missionaries and their readiness to be of service to their younger brethren and sisters a year in the field wakens within one a wonderful reverence for old missionaries men and women who may with honour unbuckle the harness we are just putting on it has been decided that our dear mary sander must go home to recruit she has been far from strong of late but would not give in we shall miss her very much another good-bye is near us now in a few days mr and mrs buxton sail for a few months visit to england they are taking their little murray and alfred but leave the baby son to represent the family from Matia, bright news comes hilda and m san went to our village last week and another soul has been won how glad they must be another over whom our blessed saviour may see of the travail of his soul and be satisfied praise him indeed m san goes on to give me a bit of the gray too for side by side with the gold its dull shade always lies i went to visit new houses he said but they did not want at all they never heard before so i asked them very earnestly to listen till i tell about him though they make no answer i went on to speak a little but they did not want so i could not help them i was very disappointed it is very difficult to get people's souls very difficult indeed but the battle is not ours but god's oh for trust that brings the triumph when defeat seems strangely near oh for faith that changes fighting into victory's ringing cheer faith triumphant knowing not defeat or fear matsya march fourteenth we set forth on saturday morning last in all good faith and in innocent truly touching we were due to arrive on monday for two or three days we could manage nicely in our somewhat circumscribed second class we meaning this time mr c and five of us womankind our joint cabin was also possessed by three japanese gentlemen it was clean had a shelf running round and a floor of about six feet by six feet we dispersed ourselves as best we could hired quilts which we spread on the thinly matted boards concocted pillows out of traveling bags and when night came murmured softly here i lay me down to sleep and endeavored so to do to which there was a series of preventives the screw was exactly underneath every vibration went as exactly through us the quilts were poor in quality and did not materially soften the floor our portmanteaux were not downy our japanese friends began to play a sort of clattering game and to smoke sunday morning dawned we arose in various stages of unsatisfied sleepiness and breakfasted in the captain's cabin kindly lent for the purpose it boasted a table we had brought food reduced our wants to a minimum made one teaspoon go round the company cheerfully used the same knife for tin meat and jam and were very comfortable a little service followed so homelike and restful we thought of dear ones far away and prayed much for you all day we were steaming through the inland sea a dream of water and island and rock think of the strangest loveliest blendings of form and colour your fancy can paint and you see as much as you can see ten thousand miles away that night our troubles began the wind rose and woke us it was woeful monday we spent in the depths it was lucidly described by one sufferer as going up and going down turning upside down and inside out three of us contrived a place on deck whereon we could roll in rugs the rest were too much depressed for even this it was strange to pass the straits of shimonoseki where i landed robinson crusoe fashion nearly a year ago a little lifetime seems to have passed since there has been gladness and sadness too for part of one's first year is spent in getting disillusioned but praise him he abideth faithful thou remainest sometimes letters come from friends known and unknown which make one wish the writers could see straight through to things as they are abroad for too often it would seem an ideal is fancied existing perhaps in the fields of fair romance which no day brings but certainly nowhere else. The heroics we leave at home. They sound nice, but won't wash. The joy we have is, not as idle ore, but iron dug from central gloom and heated hot with burning fears and dipped in bath of hissing tears. Some of us used to think the net on the home side needlessly fine in its mesh. We do not think so now. The tests seemed hard. We understand them better now for we have seen what life can be to one who successfully slipped them they were only steps to those awaiting us here stepping-stones to higher if far sterner things machinery just meant to give thy soul its bent try thee and turn thee forth sufficiently impressed then welcome each rebuff that turns earth's smoothness rough but to return monday dropped us in hamada bay at this point one member set forth her intention to land and proceed by kuruma there she stood in the gray drizzle in a bedraggled mackintosh and an indented hat grasping umbrella in one hand and handbag in the other a see if i won't sparkle in her eye resolve in every wrinkle off she went in a dripping sampan night came and we stayed but of progress not a mile tuesday saw us where monday left us our bread began to fail at this opportune moment someone remembered that this boat was notably casual we might not be home for a week whereat we began to question the advisability of following the derided departed but though it grieved us sore to stay in endurance vile so long full well we knew the loss of pence would trouble us much more so we waited thought of st paul's journeyings often and tried to be good there were comic touches too and florence's yearnings for her kodak got quite monotonous she longed for it one morning when a calm hour encouraged thought of breakfast and attended by admirers in semi-foreign clothes and heads like well-brushed hedgehogs i beat up our remaining eggs in a great blue bowl while the cooksan eager for information broke them one by one beside me likewise when we scrambled into dressing-gowns and under rugs on the corner of our shelf, carefully avoiding a sitting-up posture, lest we should knock our heads against the ceiling. Likewise, when we rolled double, to avoid rolling singly upon the prostrate world below, to the tune of the agonizing screw half in and half out of water, while biscuit tin and frying pan danced merrily together, and a, can I do anything for you, sounded hopefully through the din. Seasickness, they say, has three stages— first you fear you are going to die second you don't care if you do third you are afraid you aren't in a somewhat modified form we experienced those degrees of bliss our cabin grew no larger but much stuffier it opened upon a storage place the original first class wherein odours more multifarious than spicy floated loose on tuesday we some pond across to the shore and landed on one of the pine-clad heights which encircle the beautiful bay we found a shinto temple where hundreds of prayer papers planted round told their sorrowful tale in the open front chamber of all shinto temples nothing is to be seen except a mirror and perhaps a few old pictures at the back is a closed room and in it the emblem of the god or goddess lives wrapped up in silk and placed in the innermost of a series of boxes The high priest only is allowed access to this holy place, and even he not often. No one ever looks at the guarded symbol, and no one knows what it is, whether a sword, a stone, or a mirror, except the priests and those to whom they tell it. We had an impromptu meeting on the hill for the dozens of people who discovered and followed us. A little CMS work is done here. Two catechists are stationed in the town, but what are two to thousands? And yet so it is everywhere, and so it must be unless he come if the church does not awake and scatter but don't let us wait for glorious improbabilities let it be for each of us this at thy feet i fall yield thee now my all to suffer live or die for my lord crucified that evening we were hungry and finished our last crust at supper we looked at each other and wondered another night of exceeding bitter toss and tumble but it was our last Next day saw us home and we thanked him for it. Two lovely sea pictures were given us. We were lying at anchor in Hamada Bay. Upon the shore side the moonlight lay in long wavering lines, every ripple silver-tipped. The other side was in shadow. Then a breeze from the sea stirred the surface of the water. The effect was electrical. All over the darker side there was a sudden breaking forth into phosphorescent light. Living, dancing, shining fireballs sparkled up from the darkness. We looked at the moonlit reach again. It lay as before, calm and fair, no fire-life visible there. It needed the wind and the darkness to bring it out. We have the one, oh, for the other. The darkness of heathendom may be felt. Come from the four winds, O breath and breathe. Then shall the death gloom be lighted with the life-fire, and these slain souls shall live. One evening we watched the homecoming of the fishing boats in the sunset. Scores of them, with their sails full set, sped along from the open into the bay. In one, as it passed us closely, we could see a woman sitting at her spinning wheel, quietly working on to the last. And those swift gliding things, glorified for the moment as the sunset gold illumined them, spoke to us of the entrance in full sail into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. For so he bringeth them to their desired haven and when we reach the shore at last we shall not count the billows past march twentieth papa potato poultry prunes and prism one could fancy our visitor is mentally murmuring that surface forming phrase so replete is he with propriety he has come to call and as no one else happens to be available i am entertaining him until a better comes he knows no english my japanese is not assured enough to venture much upon so after the interchange of introductory courtesies we relapse into pauses and i study him a gentleman every inch a gentleman. he would not injure a mosquito he could not be anything but polite given to leisurely ways given to circumlocution against decision in word tone or idea i should imagine his whole soul slowly rises and solemnly protests. And yet a fibrous man, one with pith and worth in him, one who thinks, not in our fashion perhaps, but thinks, which is the main point. How I wonder if he has ever thought about the one great question, and carefully I ask him. He has heard of it, would be glad to know more. While I am getting some books for him, Aisan arrives and I subside presently it is discovered that he has come to cast an adoring look upon the foreign house if such is our honourable occasion's opportunity so we take him all over it nothing is missed by those quiet quick eyes they observe among other barbarisms some badly arranged flowers pained but too polite to express the pity he must feel for us he gently turns away no wonder we are bunglers in the art our coolies understand it better than we do the poetry of line is mystery still to us. And now Isan is talking earnestly. Our friend listens with interest, promises to read and meditate upon this new and strange enigma, turns over the leaves of his New Testament, while Isan explains its order and something of its story. And then he bows and goes. Our heart thoughts follow him. Oh, that the visit to the foreigner's house should lead to an acceptance of the foreigner's god nay his as much as ours though he knows it not as yet the beautiful spring blossom is beginning we have an eight foot high branch of plum just breaking into crimson in a vase downstairs every twig gives one a separate little thrill of delight the whole is something too lovely for words of mine and i take refuge in mr fox's oh color color love's last opulence thy universal language doth enshrine the mystery of all magnificence a supernatural ministry is thine these larger forms of speech doth god employ to shadow forth his own unshadowed joy here comes a peasant carrying a huge bundle of straw rope he is one of the flood sufferers from the village of which i told you he tells his story and i remember him the poor man who sorrowed so over wife and children parted from him we gave him a start again he says a few pence with which to buy straw to make rope and mats since then the skies had smiled and so had he he had got work his dear ones were with him now and he beamed and bowed and begged me to accept the aforesaid rope in token of his never-dying gratitude here then is the rope drawn by the kind i son he gives you the giver too and he wrote two tiny japanese poems beside it the translations whereof i append only straw rope but worth more than gold because of the love it speaks of the long distance all unminded because of past grace for which thanks must pay he has gone away now we talked to him of the god of love from whom his happiness had come we gave him books and as he said good-bye he asked us to come soon And tell his people too. We hope to go. Oh, if only one were divisible, how convenient it would be. End of chapter fourteen recording by expatriate in Bangor, Maine.